and now it's being recorded. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, talk uh, in the pre-show today about children. Dan's son, my godson, uh, heading off to move to a different city. Fred's daughter, who uh, I met. Whom? Is it whom? Or who? Uh, does it really matter? We know what you mean. The person I think it's that I'm correct. Yeah, it's whom, whom, and who I met. Whom I, whom I met. Yeah, I think they're both right. Whom? Okay. <laughs> I'm getting corrected a lot on the whom. <laughs> the me and Howard, me and Dan thing, as opposed to you know Howard and I, or yeah, Howard and thee, or Howard and. Wait, they. Can you say Howard and me? I think so. I don't know. But again, that's one of those things that you know what I mean. Like you know, yeah, of course we all know what you mean. Everyone slide. knows what everyone means. Slide, you know, let slide. it slide, man. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> so Fred's daughter that I met on uh, many years ago celebrated her fortieth birthday. Yeah, how Crazy. is that even possible? I don't know, Howard. I don't know. Forty. Crazy. 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 Yeah, there's, I, 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 you know, when both the kids turned 30, you know, it was a bit weird. You know, that first number is always significant on some level, but this 40 thing is, you know, I think once you hit 40, you're like a super established adult now. Like, there's no question you're not a kid anymore. Um, but what, what I asked you, and I'll ask Dan the same question: Is did how did it make you? How did it make you feel? I, you might be able to tell I'm having trouble uh, describing it because, on one hand, you know, you turn forty, everybody turns forty, and you have to accept that, even though it's your kid. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, my kid's forty. Mm-hmm. I feel some fear, um, some pride. That kind of thing. Pride that she's, you know, accomplished quite a bit in those 40 years. At the top of the list, two beautiful children who are well-behaved. Have them this weekend. No trouble whatsoever. And then fearful, you know, because her being 40 means, oh, I must be in my late 60s. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I got to do the math there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as there's pride in uh, their accomplishments, there's a... Excuse me. (laughs) I I got very emotional. But there's also the, you know, looking at your own mortality. And that's where I, does that make you feel a little older now, Dan, that our boy is off to college or not, sorry, off to Montreal to seek fame and fortune? Uh, It is. uh, Well, Fred's making me feel that way. But anyway, the uh, uh, no, you know what? It, it, It. that part of it, that piece, when he's leaving, that's the part that's hitting me right now. Yeah, it's it, not my age. It's that that it's it's him leaving home. Oh yeah, and uh, around my daily uh, my daily right. watchful eye, even though he's mm-hmm. like nineteen. But it's like no, I know. You know, I can't. The thing uh, is that 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 part about making Dan feel old, Howard, is sort of a useless question because Dan has remember has no. No, I, I know you're right. You're right. <laughs> Even as I asked it, even as I asked it, I realized it was a stupid question because only you and I can't answer that question. (laughs) Only you and I. I No numbers. (laughs) That's right. 
Well, it's only Fred and I that understand the passage of time. I I understand it in general terms. Um, I will say this, and I've made this observation with my wife, because, you know, I'm parked right next door to the Durans up north, and just watching this man and his son and the relationship that they have, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. Dan has this thing where every night at dinner, you got to sit down and focus on dinner. It's not you take your plate there, I'll take my plate there, like a lot of families. This family does sometimes. And it's interesting. Often I can overhear them talking during dinner. And uh, it happens most every day. And that's going to be a big transition for Dan. Oh, yeah. There's just no... All of a sudden, your bud, this guy you live with, is going to be gone. It's going to be a transition. That's going to be true. Yeah. And just having, having, uh, you know... Part of that is like searching. Uh, I mean, anybody who has a family sits down, does that kind of thing. It's like you know, like getting getting to know the the your young uh, boy girl's mind as they grow older, right? And what what they start thinking and how they defend themselves and you know argue points, which he's he's he loves doing that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to miss that for sure. Well, yeah, and and what you said a minute ago about no longer having him under your watchful eye even though you know he's 19 years old you know i've told you the story in fact i brought it up recently somewhere in the last months a, a few months where i the drop when i dropped charlie off at when she moved into residency over there near ryerson the very last part of that day and, and i we assembled all the ikea furniture and then i was leaving and, and she walked me to the elevator it was a mess, you know, like I was a mess, but nowhere near as bad. And that was just her leaving home. But when she left the city, 20 minutes away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But still, <laughs> but still outside of my everyday. Yeah. But when I took her to the airport and she moved to New York, that was really messy. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Clear, clear the area. Oh my God! It was, uh, it was a lot of emotion. Sure, it is. Letting go like that, and the thing is, uh, we're all lucky. Our kids are haven't given us any trouble and seem to be very well adjusted. And what Dan says about Colton again, I can observe a lot of it. He's just so uh, anchored. He's a real. He's a realist. This kid, you know what I mean. There's in that age group. There's a lot of entitlement. There's a lot of, you know, perspective that's a bit naive. Not with this kid. He sort of got it figured. <laughs> it impresses me from that standpoint. It'll be interesting to see what his perspective is like. Like once he gets out from under, not just Dan's purview, but also you know, living in a sort of a smaller town he he left uh, how old was uh, colton when you guys left toronto uh well he that was like 11 years ago so you know so he was so. yeah so he spent he has spent you know most of his life living in a small town and he's now going to go back to living in a city yeah and it will be interesting to see interesting to see how he grows through that and um, interesting, and it'll be Montreal. I mean, Montreal yeah. is an inter- interesting city in many, many ways. You know? Yeah. Both with the French language experience, which is going to be, you know, more challenging for for someone in the in the next near while, but also 
Um, you know, he's got a French background as far as, you know, going to a French immersion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just to, seeing him absorb the city and the art scene and the, what he's going to be doing there Bobo. away from mom and dad. You know? Oh, he's going to be doing some things, Doug. <laughs> Oh, yeah. just, he, just, may, he may surprise you and make him home after a couple of months. Who knows? Now, to go along with this uh, melancholy opening to the show, here's the Beatles. Quietly turning the back door key. Stepping outside, she is free. She. And uh, I have a little present for you to uh, counter this melancholy beginning of the show. I have, <laughs> I have a story of road rage, and I wasn't even in the car when it happened. Oh, you're gonna love it. But it this. involved you. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus. You raged? <laughs> no, not me. Oh, no, it was great. It was fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear that. Oh, you're going to love that. In fact, when it was over, I came home and wrote it down so I'd remember what the guy said to me. It was fantastic. (sighs) Um, Yeah, Cold is moving to uh, Montreal just in time for the uh, President's Cup, which is going to go there in a couple years. That's a golf thing? (laughs) I was just going (laughs) to let that sit there for a second to see if Dan would uh, go, what? The President's Cup. Anyway, yeah. Um, all right. So, do you want to? Should we start the show and then I'll tell the story of being involved in road rage? Yeah, and I wasn't even point, in the are car. Are we going to talk about the big titted teacher? Yes. Well, no. let's talk about it now. Huh? Let's start with it. <laughs> no. What about the road rage? Oh, I don't do know. It, uh, <laughs> oh, you make it so difficult <laughs> to pick something. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um. Oh, I know what I. Yeah. Okay. I also. Uh, yeah. I have another story of Bellville. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Forgot that story. Um, all right. What about the big titted teacher? Why don't you set that up? And then we'll tell you what. We'll do the, we'll do the teacher titty story. There's so much today. No, I know. And then we'll do the road rage. And then we'll, well, we'll do the titty story. Then we'll do the start the show. And then I'll tell you about the road rage. All right. No, it's just that teacher in Oakville. I mean, the story's about a week old now, and we haven't got around to it. And I'm sure, you know, the fine people that uh, listen to our podcast every day is wondering about our perspective on it. Because I know I've we've received a couple of emails, and I've received a couple of texts go asking, like, what? You guys are, that's so humble and Fred, why aren't you talking about it? <laughs> and it's that teacher in Oakville who showed up uh, first day of school. Uh, last year was a man, I believe, and this year... A woman, but wearing fake—is it prosthetic? The yeah. word uh, prosthetic. No, I, yeah, they're just fake. But I, I don't know if they're actual prosthetics. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. That, that's. But I've heard it referred. It's they're just fake boobs. Um, huge, like immensely oversized, with big plastic nipples on the end protruding through the shirt, and then a pair of bicycle pants and a wig, and. Uh, so yeah. to back up a little bit, that, so when you say prosthetic, it's like it's it's a strap-on kind of thing. I would imagine, yes. to Im- surgically implanted. They, no, they they, yeah, they, yeah, they're not. They're not. They, they would have to be strapped on. I mean, if you've seen the pictures, it's just so. It almost looks like they're balloons. They're so big. They're yeah. like giant, oblong-shaped, huge breasts. How whatever they're made of, um, 
I my question right away would be, what was the point of that? Well, I don't know, and that's what I'm wondering about. I'm just wondering if this teacher has more up his, her, they's sleeve than has been presented yet. Is this some kind of a statement that we'll get an explanation going forward? I don't know. All I do know is we often complain that, you know, Canada sort of gets left behind on the world stage. Well, this story has been around the world about 15 times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And why wouldn't it be? I mean, the pictures and the reaction and the school board is standing behind this person saying, you know, the whole gender thing and you got to support people's beliefs and everything. But now it's drifted over into, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, dress code, which is, you know, valid. And then a lot of the students are upset about it because they can't focus on in class. They can't focus. And there's a big buzz in the halls and everything. So it's still ongoing. They don't know exactly what to do. And that's why I would ask the question again. Mm-hmm. Not just to you, but also almost rhetorically, like, you know, there's the idea of I'm going to read what you and I wrote to each other. I guess. And, and by the way, I, I, I don't know. Can we start a WhatsApp group with the four of us? Because what happens when you guys text each other and you include me, you're all on iPhones and I can't respond to the group. So I'm going to set up a quick little. I don't know why it's an Android thing. So whenever I have to, when I, what I do is I'll, Fred will say something, I'll respond to him. And then Dan, anyway, so okay. I'm going to set up a little group so that I can uh, see, so you can see when I respond. So here's what you wrote. And I'm assuming Dan, you saw this. So Fred writes, it's where we're at. It's ridiculous, but you don't know if you should say it's ridiculous because the whole woke thing has become so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Classic Fred. Then of course I write back. Um, and I was asking it, not a, I wasn't trying to like push back other than to say, well, what should they do? They're stuck, is what I wrote. They're stuck between what's the right thing to do versus what's politically acceptable and what is the best course of action depends on who you're talking about, which is why I come back to my question, rhetorical maybe, but what is the point? What was the point that this person who was a man transition, wants to transition or is in transition to female, why it's, it would be a, enough of a difference. I was going to say a shock, but all, I'm sure it would be shocking enough for most of those kids if that person came back as a woman. That's a lot to get your head around in middle school or high school. But, but, but digestible. But, di- but yeah. in mm-hmm. this day and age, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the the... That, but there's something up in this because that person has decided that not only am I going to transition, I'm going to make a statement back to my question. What is that? What's the statement being made? I don't know. And I'm, I'm still waiting for it because it just seems so bizarre that you got to think there's got to be some kind of an angle like that to it. But, you know, as some of the parents have said, if if this did not... um involve transgender whatever you want to call it if this was just a female uh, teacher with big boobs that came to class in bicycle pants and the top that exposed her breast to that extent with big nipples sticking out they would call her in immediately and say you know this really doesn't fit with the dress code exactly you gotta think about what you're doing here this is unacceptable because the kids aren't allowed to do that most schools don't allow that so 
all of a sudden now, because of this transgender thing and everybody not knowing exactly how to react or what they're supposed to say or what they can say or how far you can go, um, this continues. The, the teacher's going to be in class again today wearing yeah. the same getup. So. <clears throat> I, 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 what the answer is, I, 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 we'll find out eventually, I guess. Yeah, it is interesting because the, the school board dress code or whatever, if, as you say, this was just a woman who was wearing clothes that were distracting. Dan, have you seen these pictures of this person's? Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's kind of a see-through white top that, that, uh, that and you can see the nipples very easily. In the, the yeah, way it, there's you know, nipples are available for viewing. Yes, right? yeah, they're big yeah. nipples. So that's that's definitely. I don't even see what with the. Uh, I mean, I understand uh, the size of them may be a question in general for like whether or not you're allowed to wear that. As far, but as far as dress code goes, I mean, I think it's a no brainer to say, well, you can't, you know, show your nipples because nobody's allowed to show your nipples or keep anything. your nipples at home. You'd oh. say, yeah, Pretty, it's yeah, funny, exactly. you know, <clears throat> going to high school in uh, the '70s in Scarborough. That was really the start of the no bra era. And a lot of the girls at high school back then, you could see their nipples. But it wasn't until after that that they sort of clamped down on it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the GTA and the Toronto school boards where they asked girls not to do that. Those were the days. Huh? Yeah. No, no, no. And back in those days when they said it, it wasn't like, well, my rights and all that stuff, which it very well could have been at the time. Because if a guy's nipples can show, why can't a woman's nipples show? Like, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. But this... You know, again, if these if these were fake boobs and this was a subtle transition and these were fake boobs that are just subtle and looked like a average woman. And again, you got to watch everything you say. The kids would probably take it in stride. But right now they've been dropped into the middle of this circus thing. And it's it's not really fair to them. Well, yeah. And again, you know, as I said, now is a time in nowadays times, the kids probably could have accepted it. And and there would have been some snickering and some questions. Mm -hmm. And maybe that person might say, hey, this is where I'm at in my journey. But that person, uh, she has come back to uh, the school. It is making a statement, but it's also making everyone uncomfortable, including this conversation we're having. Because as you say, like, you know, what's politically correct? That's why I wrote to you. Mm -hmm. They're sort of stuck because what's politically correct and what's sort of common sense sometimes don't meet anymore. I know, but should they be? That's the at some point you got to take a stand. At some point you got to make a decision on this. And uh well, it's definitely pushing the envelope. Like it's at the outside edge of whatever all of this is. And but he's also or she's also a uh, a shop teacher. Yeah, which, oh yeah. That's not know, those boobs are not safe, Dan. <laughs> That's what I was. Thinking. Those are not worksite safe boobs. There's a picture of her uh, doing some, yeah. uh, you know, lathing uh, saw, saw work. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but just think about this. Close. If the three of us are having this much trouble trying to figure it out and and talk about it and talk around it. Imagine that school board and that school. Think about the minefields of political correctness they have to tiptoe around. No, I know, but don't you think that's silly? Yeah, I do. At this point? But it's also reality. It's reality, and again, it's where we're at, where, you know, you... (sighs) You know, we're an inch here, an inch there, an inch there, and then all of a sudden a situation like this pops up. Maybe that's going to be the teacher's point. Maybe that's going to be the teacher's point. Yeah, I did this. It was over the top. It was ridiculous. I just wanted to display that we're not making decisions any longer on logic or what's right or what's wrong, depending on who you are. We're just 
bending over backwards for everyone. And is that a good thing? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, like anything else in life. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll find out soon because, uh, because this person, whatever uh, conflicts they're trying to resolve... This is a statement because, as you just described, you could, you know, we both described. You could come back after the uh, summer mm-hmm. as a woman mm-hmm. with sort of a normal size, faked boobs, or with a nice sweater, perhaps some chinos. I don't. Know, <laughs> I was going to say maybe some uh, capri pants and a nice uh, fall top would yes. be something subtle. Yeah. Sport jacket. Sport, yeah, short, oh, no, you know, yeah, like yeah. a very nice. But if you're a shop teacher, maybe something, uh, you know. More casual. And it's not like these are implants that can't be removed, like, no, right now. You know, it's like, yeah. Like, you could just say, like, this morning, like, okay, at least in the shop where you're bending over lathes and saws and other heavy machinery, you might want to take those off. Yeah. Could could you you not come in with little mini Goodyear blimps in your sweater? Yeah, they're a bit much. Dan Duran, what, let's start the show, and uh, this, uh, and then we'll tell you the road rage story. All right, oh, All right. Yeah, you love this, oh. love it. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, Peterborough, and beautiful Brampton, and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who think naming hurricanes after them would be a great marketing move. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, we'll talk about that hurricane, you know. That was devastating in Atlantic Canada. Hurricane Fiona. Isn't it a theacane now? (laughs) That's true. That's right. Be careful. By the way, I had written down here, I thought, you know, if our conversation about the teacher had sort of devolved or whatever, I was at some point, uh, if you say, what would you do? I would say, hey, buddy, lose the tits and get back to class. All right. Yeah. uh, If I was the principal, hey, bud, lose the fucking tits and get back to class. You'd be like that uh, gruff but lovable uh, Administrator, come out of my office. Listen, pal. This yeah. is. I love what you're doing. I see where you're at, but just lose the titties and like get the, back like to the class. principal on Welcome Back, Cotter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Hey. Um, I got a great joke. I, 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 I don't want this. Uh, this is a joke. As soon as I heard it, I, uh, I said I got to play this for Freddie. So the audio, it, it's just a TikTok video. And this guy's British. And he's talking about how he learned a brand new word here. I did learn a new word, though. I learned a brand new word. Aptronym. You've heard of aptronym? The word is aptronym. It doesn't matter. No. No, also known as a name freak. Now, a name freak is when someone grows up to do what their name is. So he's saying it's a name freak is when someone grows up to do what their name is. You know, like Mr. Bun the Baker. <laughs> Mr. Bun the Baker. Oh. Or Mr. Fry the Fisherman. Mr. Fry the Fisherman. Or Princess Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you'd love that. <laughs> it's funny because he's just looking at his watch, waiting for the audience to keep oh. catching up. It's a great joke. Oh, I love that. Princess Die. I knew you'd love that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll tell you this stories very quickly. 
I was uh, I was driving on up hands. Now I've I haven't had any real road rage incidents uh, of late. Have you guys? Have you guys got any screaming and fingering, giving people the finger and yelling and stuff? Dan, don't sit there and tell me you haven't. No, I've, I've given on a couple of... Whenever I drive into Toronto, every yes. single trip, there's somebody, somebody does something yeah. that's absolutely you know dangerous and ridiculous. So, yes, I've given a few fingers here. I can't remember if we did this on the show or I was talking about this with somebody recently, but I said the four words I say most in Toronto traffic are, what are you doing? And I say it in, in very... It's always like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? That's pr- pretty much every time I drive. And uh, I, I will... And I want to sound like an old guy, but I am. I think... Because I drive in the city every day. I think it's getting worse. I, I do. I, it, the traffic's worse, and the anger in traffic is worse, I think. I think you're right. I think it's a culmination of the stress on our society yes. and, and, and the, the density of the traffic. And yep. People are just at their wits' end on so many levels. And, and there's just never a time. Like, I was in the city. I went to see this production that Spencer was uh, doing Friday and Saturday night, right in the city. Like, right, it was at a theater near the university, and I was right in downtown. And then, so I was down, had the city experience, and then, but I was also coming back from the Niagara region yesterday, and uh, I got off the 407 to get back onto the 403, and it's like 5.30 in the afternoon in Toronto on a Sunday Mm-hmm. And there's traffic for a miles. And I, that's why I said, what is going on here? What could be going on that there's this much traffic? I know. It's crazy. You know, and if you don't have to be part of it, it's uh, it's lovely. Even the 410 here out of Brampton on, on weekends now, Saturday and Sunday, like a steady yeah. stream up and down and backs up and just nuts. Yeah, speaking of that 410, I went to uh, get Stan, who uh, is Stan on my buddy's farm north of you so i take the 410 and i go up to uh, that area and uh that that stretch coming up and down from the four, 401 up the 410 and back in whatever that north south it's always people uh, speeding in and out of car in and out of yep. lanes like it's mm-hmm. unbelievable that one no it's terrible well here in brampton we pay the most uh, like our insurance premiums are higher than anywhere else in the country there's a lot of fraud, a lot of accidents. A lot has to be that highway. No, you're right. You got to be on guard the whole time. Yeah. People come sideways in front of you. It's crazy. And a lot of uh, the QEW where I, I went uh, to Niagara and back yesterday. Uh, always, uh, what is the hurry to get to Hamilton? That's what I was wondering. It, it'll just be there. It's there. It's fine. But people are like coming up on you know driving up your ass. I'll tell you my residential road rage story in a second. But first, during your commute again, do you find yourself mm, living some at radio work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Do you think it's fair to categorize certain car types? For instance, I've noticed that a lot of people that drive Range Rovers seem to be douchebags. That just seems to be an observation. Uh, I see that. Uh, Audi drivers can also be a bit dicky. Oh, that's my son. Watch what you're saying. He drives an Audi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's not. I've been in his Audi. It's sweet. 
It's a sweet rhyme. Okay, so he does. He's not part of what <laughs> he's you're not saying. part of that cult. Oh, okay. I'm just there saying. are exceptions, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, okay. gen- in all generalizations, there are exceptions. There, there are exceptions. So Especially you know, when you forget the people that are in that group. I, 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 listen, Fraser, one of my best friends, drives a Range Rover or a Land Rover, or whatever. Right. Is there a difference between Range Rover and Land Rover? Maybe there is. I think Range Rover by Land Rover okay. is a different sizes. I don't know. So, I'll, you know, my neighborhood here, Dan, in fact, you've come on that walk that I do with Stan when I take him for a little yeah. uh, neighborhood sniff yeah, walk. Around, this is yes- the block. This yeah. is yesterday morning. It's Sunday morning at 9 a.m. I took Stan out because I was going to be gone all day doing the golf thing. I just take him basically straight north from here, and then I make a left on a, on a street. Uh, I guess it's, I can't remember whatever the street is called. And it's got no sidewalks. So I'm walking on the, so I'm walking west on the grass. And it's a residential neighborhood. And a lot of little kids live in this neighborhood. And there are those little streets, uh, you know, families will put up the slow down, you know, the homemade signs or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're homemade. That's not important. <laughs> so, well, it's not important to this story. The garage sale signs. But you know the signs that yeah, say yeah, the slow signs. down. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so. think you can buy them at the dollar store. <laughs> I'm not trying to make the story longer. I'm walking along, and a guy in an Audi, not Danny, mm-hmm. comes flying by the other way. Like, and I'm a driver. We're all drivers. You know the difference between the neighborhood speed limit mm-hmm. and, and somebody going very quickly. In fact, there was somebody going the opposite way, going the speed limit, which is about 40K in this neighborhood. And you could see how slowly they were going versus this guy screaming by Stan and I. And I'm on the grass. So it's not an issue whether there's a sidewalk or not. I'm only saying that because he brings it up. Mm-hmm. So I just do this. I got one hand on the leash. And I'm not, and I swear this is true. I'm not waving wildly. I put up one hand and I just kind of go, you know, like the gesture of like, slow down. I might have even said, slow down. Like I put my hand, put my right hand up, universal gesture of, hey, take it easy. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. And I continue to walk. And I look behind me. And this guy turns around, and now he's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wrong guy. On a Sunday morning, he's about to meet. He has no idea what, what's going to happen. He just thinks he's a... Because he, he thinks he's going to have some a word with this old fella. Right. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> so, how old was work. he? 50s. Gray hair, oh. 50s. Oh, yeah. He wasn't a young guy. He, what? Yeah. A so regular. What, the, what was the conversation like? Defending so, his yes actions. Oh, yes, okay. that was the whole conversation. So he turns around and he comes screaming back up, rolls down his window, <laughs> and I'm like, you know me, I don't have to be asked twice to come to the fucking <laughs> confrontation party. <laughs> and he rolls the window, and goes, What's, what, "What was that all about?" I go, "What was what all about?" He goes, well, "You know, what, they starts going right away, like he's instantly angry." And I'm instantly angry because I'm like, ah, fuck, why not? Let's have a little party. So I got <laughs> some go. time to kill. And, I used uh, to do this a lot. Uh, yeah, I, fucking, I did this for a living. So his point to me was he was going 40K and it's a 40K zone and this, there, you, there's no sidewalks. You shouldn't be. He wanted to. His point was I shouldn't be walking there because all the other streets have sidewalks. This one doesn't. So I should walk my dog somewhere else. And I stopped wow. and just looked at him. I go. Is that really your point? 
Is that why you turned around and came all the way back here? This is the point you want to make? I said, okay, I got your point. I won't walk on this street anymore. And then he says, and I said, really, that was your point? And he goes, well, I just thought you were being a bit dramatic. And I went, dude, you just turned around and came back here. Which one of us is being dramatic? Yeah. Peace. That's what he said. You, you thought you, I just thought you were being a bit dramatic. And I go, so turning around and coming back and having this conversation, that's not dramatic, fella? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, honestly, if that was me and somebody's walking their dog and I was going down that street and they did that gesture, I'd look at my speed limit and go, oh, geez, I better watch what I'm doing. Yeah. Most people would do that. Yeah, on my court here, the, you know, I have the uh, the Canada Post, you know, the super box here, and a little keyhole court, and UPS, and all these delivery services now for Amazon. I know these guys are in a hurry. They, it's just a short thing, but you should see the way they whip down this road because I know, you know, they're on deadlines and they're in a hurry and they want to. You know, how many times I stand out in the road and I stop them and I say, "Can you please not do that?" Yeah, people have children here and. F- 99% of the time, it's like, yeah, sorry, buddy, I got to watch it, yeah. right? It's rarely a confrontation. I've had a couple. But again, people, again, they're they're preoccupied or something. This dick, though. It, it just, so it's, here's my question to you, though. Uh, well, it's not even a question. Yeah. Here's my thought. If you're... <laughs> It's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm probably dressed like I am now. I got a hoodie. I'm just you know maybe a ball cap on, and I've got my dog, and I just I and I and again I'm I'm serious. I didn't do the I wasn't I didn't do anything overt other than just the gesture like hey slow down. Yeah, for him. So, and I thought about this for a bit. Like what was going on with him? Yes, that he had to turn around. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was going to give me a piece of his mind mm-hmm. until he realized that he had woken up the angry man mm-hmm. and uh, angry Howard. No, but there's some level of anger within oh, f- him, too. Oh, absolutely. And to do that in a residential street and rather than just taking it as advice, like, oh, yeah, I better watch my speed here if, if the pedestrians are noticing. Like, Yeah, and as I said, there's slowdown yeah. signs yeah. everywhere. And the reason yeah. there are slowdown signs is because that street, and it's weird that I can't remember, is a transition street through the... Through it's the neighborhood. Through. It's a cut through, right? It might, it might, I think it's Athol. ATA. It's, yeah, he's an Athol. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, so, yeah, I know what he was doing. He was doing what we all do. He was trying to, you know, boot across, uh, you know, east-west. But the, the reason there are signs are, the point I'm trying to make is the reason those signs are everywhere is because of that. And, there's, and it's funny because he just drove right by a sign that says, slow down. And, and the neighbors put those signs up because there's little kids everywhere. But I just love the fact that he turned around to tell me that I should be walking my dog on the streets that have sidewalks. That was the real issue. <laughs> not the fact that he was going and that's the thing he kept saying i know my speedometer is going 40 and i go if you were then your speedometer's fucking broken because there's no way like i know this because as i said in the initial right. part there was another car going at the same time and that car was going slow enough but uh yeah and I, again listen i relate to the guy because i can you know Mm-hmm. He knows. He fucking knows. But I think he. I think he was shocked just how. I, but I think what shocked him is how quickly I was like, "All right, let's go. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's start yelling at each other. That'll Not be fun." Whole, 
how the whole thing end? Did you do just a, that. You turn back? Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Just when I said, yeah. listen, one of us is being dramatic. It's fucking you. Uh-huh. And then he just sort of rolled his window down, sped around, and came back. Uh-huh. I'll you see know, him again. I'll see him again. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like on this 410, I mean, there's young, and they're usually young guys with their souped-up cars. They literally change lanes sideways. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Three-lane crossovers and stuff. Yeah. And it's like... Part of it is, you know, youth and it's naive and it's no experience with life generally. Because I'm thinking those guys could just so easily cause an accident that could disrupt or change the life of the people that are innocent, you know, around them. Like if you got your kids in the car, you got your Mm -hmm. grandkids in the car and you're minding your own business and one of these assholes causes an accident. And why are they doing that? I don't know, man. I know it's a lot of it's little dick syndrome and a lot lot of guys that have those cars. It's like these assholes that, you know, get guns. They got the twitchy finger. I got a gun. I got to use it. And then trouble ensues. And I think it's like that with cars, too. These guys soup up their cars and they they just sort of have to have to show it off prove something or show it off or like they're fucking professional drivers or something i don't know yeah and it's usually like some little shit box that they put a spoiler on you know the other thing the other move i don't understand is the move where you're i mean i'm already in the fast lane i'm coming back in the qaw yesterday from uh beamsville it's pretty busy you know it's sunday afternoon so there's a lot of traffic in and out going into hamilton and such i'm already in the fast lane going in the 120s, maybe as much as 130. And I'm trying to keep a distance between me and the cars in front of me. And a guy comes up, pulls in right in front of me, but there's nowhere to go because there's a car, like three car lengths away. And I, but here's what I do now I just back off. I have no interest in whatever drama is about to unfold here. That's why I, you know, I know it's expensive, but I, it's why I love the 407. Yeah. It's just got room. You just got room up there. You back off now because you're thinking, Jesus Christ, I don't want to end up in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Why? Because I would chase him? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I've done that. Yes, I've chased somebody in my car. Would you guys do a show a favor and start wearing body cams? It would be great. Oh, yeah. This, this whole interaction would have been really... I love the guy who tells me I'm being too dramatic. And meanwhile, he's turned around nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. What's that guy's? Yeah. St- I would just love to hear his version of the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What he's telling people today. I'm going down this street and this old guy. Fuck, you look like Larry David. This fucking guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <He's> all- <laughs> That's great. Wailing his hands running out in the street. <laughs> oh, he's just w- gesturing wildly. In fact, I thought yeah. he threw something at me. Yeah. Well, I don't know what his point was. I was doing the speed limit. I think, you know, he wishes he was Larry David and he's not. So that's that's the deal. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He was just looking for uh, show prep. <laughs> yeah. Me waving. Well, I just thought he was, and his, that was one of his points. Well, I thought you were being a bit dramatic. I'm like, dude, he just turned around and you fucking just, came back here. Okay. You just know what a dick he is. Uh. <laughs> why I in, in fact, why matter, that's not even that's road rage on his part like your part in that was just being a responsible guy well my because a responsible yeah. person would do that yeah and it really was a very subtle like hey you know slow down there fella mm-hmm. but uh you know where my part came in on the road rage part was like i don't need to be asked twice to get into a confrontation mm-hmm. Yeah, roll your window down. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Let's see. You know what? Let's see where this takes us. 
You want drama. <laughs> That's right. You wanted some drama. Well, now you're going to have some. Welcome to it. Uh, I got a great uh, Gord Downey story I, I'd never heard before. Uh, maybe you guys have. Dan's news is coming up. We'll uh, get to Dan. Dan is just going to, I don't know, he goes away for a few minutes now and come back and do the news. Uh, we got lots to uh, get to. Uh, but before we get too further along here, and by the way, I think it's interesting. If you look at the last 40 minutes, it started with an emotional father's talking about their children leaving home. And of course, uh, and now we're back to, uh, you know, our comfort zone, you know, yelling at people. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing, though, an observation on the street. Twice I've stopped young people driving very fast on this keyhole court. And both times when I sort of stopped out and they slowed right down and the window came down, I'm thinking, oh, boy, what am I going to get into? Yeah. They have been respectful. I well, said, hey, you're going too fast on this kids around. Oh, okay. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. But then again, they stop and you could sort of get their license plate number easily. So I don't know if they're thinking... They're being yeah. offensive, thinking I'll be a nice person and this guy won't call me in or something. So I yeah. don't know. You know what didn't occur to me until after? Um, and I guess it's partly because I'm of an age. It mm-hmm. never occurred to me to take out my phone and start filming the guy. Because that would yeah. have been fun. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, I guess, uh, if you're younger than we are, that would might that would be a lot of people's first instinct. That Karen stuff, you know, is like, because right. I met a Karen yesterday. I definitely did. Like he was definitely in that that type of thing. I wish I if you had seen his reaction to that simple gesture. That was full on Karen. And by the way, that's not gender specific. You know, just oh yeah, I was going to say, is there not a name for a male Karen? Okay, maybe, but uh, oh. that 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 vibe sums it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, by the way, Happy New Year to all the uh, Hebrews listening. Shana Tova. It's the uh, beginning of the Jewish New Year. We go through this every year. Happens in the fall. And, uh, yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. Well, we're, yeah, I mean, you need to, uh, we need to catch up here a little. We're a little behind. We're a little uh, behind. Yeah, let me tell you. No, let me tell you about our friend Tim Nibble at the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. He'll be by on Wednesday. Volatile times in the markets. And you need a voice like Tim, right? He's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. You know, there are ups and downs in the market all the time. And right now, it's a little bit of a downturn. Tim will tell us that, hey, it's part of the plan and it can represent opportunities. And I'm sure that's what he's going to say. And that's the truth. And he's the reason so many Humble and Fred listeners have come over to the Sherpa side. He's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Uh, just give me a second here because I my computer got fixed and I, uh, oh no, hang on a second. And now I'm trying to uh, load some documents here. Don't go away. I'm not. I, I, I have no plans on going away. Um, oh, here we go. Be prudent. Mm. Um, and uh, in a second here, I got a great. Uh, yeah, and, and you may have heard this story. I hadn't. It's a great story from Rick Mercer about Gord Downey. And I guess somebody posted it because wasn't it just the anniversary of uh, Gord's passing recently? Yes. Like uh, seven. Didn't we talk about seven years or something? Something like that. Yes. This program is is brought to you, not has been, is being brought to you, is right now and is happening from GoDaddy. GoDaddy powers small business, as you know, and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and services over 20 million customers worldwide. 
GoDaddy is, pre- is where people come to get a, a domain, create a website, and everything else. Uh, you need to get your business online. We talked to an entrepreneur last week, and this is what it does. It, it, it fuels entrepreneurs because, you know, when you're starting things up, uh, you may not have a lot of money to uh, get your domain, create your website. Well, with GoDaddy, you can do that, and it's free and friendly. They also support you every uh, step of the way. No credit cards even required to get started. Uh, you can start your website for free today with GoDaddy. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, this, even if you've heard this before, it's a great little story. It's about a minute and 35 seconds, and it's Rick Mercer. I, I guess this is an old rant because uh, it... I'm not 100% sure if this is a reference to uh, Gord having passed, but it's a great story about the uh, former lead singer of the Tragically Hip. 15 years ago, I got a call from Gord Downey. Still, one of the greatest phone calls I've ever gotten in my life. It was a very short call. He was recording a song, and he wanted to know if he was saying the name of a town in Newfoundland that he put in a lyric the way a Newfoundlander would say it. Isla Mort. I said, yes, that sounds right to me. Isla Mort. But if you want a second opinion, you can always call my dad, and I gave him the number. Then I forgot all about it. A week later, Dad says, your friend Gord called. He wanted to know all about the time I took you and your brother camping near Isla Mort, and we went fishing there. And he wanted to know about the time I worked with the Department of Fisheries on the Salmon Rivers in central Newfoundland. And he wanted to know all about growing up in Bay Roberts. Seems like a great guy. We talked for about an hour. I said, Dad, do you have any idea who that was? That's Gord Downey. He's the lead singer of Canada's greatest rock and roll band. He's one of our greatest songwriters. And Dad said... Really? He never mentioned he was in a band. He just said he was Gord from Kingston. Six months later, I walk into my parents' place, and on the coffee table, there's this beautiful print of a loon next to a lake. And I'm like, Dad, this is the artwork from the new Tragically Hip album. He said, Really? I didn't know that. Your friend Gord sent it to me. And it was an original silkscreen print. I didn't know Gord Downey that well, but I'm going to miss him like I knew him very well. We all will. Because as an artist, he spoke to each one of us directly. And he could do that because he listened to people like my dad. Hmm. Isn't that a great story? Fabulous. Wow. I I just love the fact that his dad said, and he wanted to know all about the time I took you fishing, you know, because it's really his father is like obviously telling him these stories. And there's Gord Downey just patiently waiting for his dad (laughs) to wrap it up. I just love that story. So that is such a quintessential, not just Mm -hmm. a Gord Downey story, but, you know, the Rick Mercer connection is so Canadian, you know. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. Gave me some shivers. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I listen to it, because mm-hmm. I, when I save these videos, they don't they come unlabeled. I, I have to label them. So I was trying to do that for the show, and I listened to the whole thing again today. And it's uh, yeah, it's very it's an emotional thing because it really does make you proud to be from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and not, go ahead. No, and those Downey Gord, like fifty one, like really, yeah. What he represented to the country and what he still represents and to be taken at 51. It's like, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad. Uh huh. What do you have to say about the uh, Hurricane Fiona? I'm just looking for, uh, I had some information here. What uh, My Fiona. <laughs> okay. My Fiona. That's your take. <laughs> Well, um, it's September. There's hurricanes. And I know it hit the East Coast. Yes. My, uh, 
It's funny. I had uh, friends, you know them, Brian and Karen Collins, uh, trailerites, have since moved on. But in the summer, they they went and took a bus tour of uh, Newfoundland and got COVID. Everybody on that bus got COVID. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah. And he got a really bad. Oh, that's too bad. Then they come home, and then I'm speaking to them a few weeks ago, and I said, so what else do you got planned for the fall? And they said, we're going to take our trailer, and we're going to go to the East Coast. We're going to go to Cape Breton. You know, we went to Newfoundland. We flew there. We're going to do the rest of the East Coast over the next couple of weeks. And wouldn't you know what? They pick the time when a hurricane comes barreling up the East Coast. So they got the early warning, and they took off, and... You know, we're ahead of it and they're safe. But that's just another story of a lot of people. You're, you know, we're not used to hurricanes per se yeah. in Canada. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. What is unusual about this, mm-hmm. you know, is because of climate change, these tropical storms are being pushed further north and deepening, coming yeah. into land in a way that we're not used to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all over Atlantic Canada... They're, the devastation is unbelievable. In fact, they, we've sent some troops to uh, Nova Scotia, PEI, and uh, Newfoundland to help in the recovery. But the winds, at, I'm just looking at the winds were like 130 kilometer per hour wind gusts. Kilometers or? or kilometers, mile? yeah. Oh, kilometers? Oh, okay. Well, that's like a 100 mile an hour wind, isn't it? Or yeah. 90 well, miles an hour. Close, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they're crazy. But yeah, we, sure, it's September, it's hurricane season, but what's, it's unusual for it to come this north and be that vicious mm-hmm. and the heartbreaking and the destruction is ridiculous uh, i think there was a couple of people that have uh, that have died i'm just looking at some of the video here if you want to go to, well, i'm sure most people have seen it check it out on uh, the videos here on ctv but uh, yeah it's crazy well, a lot of those houses too they don't have basements they're sort of just perched on rocks mm-hmm and just the way they're structured, the wind can get up and under them. And yeah. as you can see, so many of them were just pushed off their footings. And just washed yeah. away, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just looking at one now, and it, it's the not just the wind, it's the surge of the water. Yeah. And it just, it just pushed it, it pushed it aside, and maybe because of that, because of the foundations are different. But That's got to be a moment, right, when your home that you love and you live in and you've raised your family in or whatever the scenario is. In the blink of an eye, yeah. you know, Mother Nature just takes it away. That's got to be, you want to talk about emotional. My goodness. Well, and I'm, again, you, and you've, you see as I'm looking at it now, like a lot of these structures are right on the edge. Mm-hmm. Overlook, I mean, they're beautiful. I mean, you can imagine the views and stunning, but they just literally, they're just thrown aside by the power of Mother Nature. Anyway. I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that uh, that has happened. And uh, it's a drag, man. It's a drag for a lot of those people, just as you described, like your your home's gone. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, something I want to acknowledge here. Uh, you may have heard that September 30th, uh, COVID border yes. will be eased. No vaccine requirements, no random testing. And... Uh, my perspective on this, well done, Canada. All the responsible people who got the vaccine and got their boosters. You know, we knew it finally it would get us on the other side of this, and it has. And that is the reason, because most people, logical, level-headed thinking people, did their part, 
and we got to this point. So, well done. Of course, all the assholes will now say, see, there's no reason to get the vaccine. That will be their... So you didn't do your part. You know, you can thank us for doing our part to put you in the position where you got to come through this without getting the vaccine. Well, good on you. But I'll tell you, I am proud of this society and how and what we did. Yeah, was it overreach sometimes? Yes, because we had to. We didn't have the answers. Was it stressful for a lot of people? Of course, especially those in, that had to make the decisions that were so tough. And I wouldn't have wanted to be in their shoes. But so September 30th is sort of a bittersweet thing that way. Yeah. But it's a job well done, really. No, I agree. And uh, selfishly, having traveled internationally during the pandemic last fall mm-hmm. to uh, Europe, I was in Venice and Florence, and then in the spring, both of us, you and I were in the States. That Arrive Canada app, that, well, you know, last fall, it wasn't so, ma- it's so bad in the spring, but coming back from Europe... Mm-hmm. Going there and coming back last fall was very stressful. The forms you have to fill out, the Arrive Canada app, the things you needed, the proof of documentation. And I remember standing in line at Pearson with Rachel last, uh, whenever November on the way to Europe. And I remember because I'm, and, and because again, it was pretty complicated. Not overly, but there was a lot of things you had to do. And I remember looking at an older couple than us in line at the airport. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of older Canadians. Like, who helped them do this? Because, you know, it wasn't that easy. But as you say, it was necessary and maybe a bit overdone. But I can tell you selfishly, because I'm going to see Lumbee in France in a few weeks. When I, the first thing I thought of when I heard the announcement was, I don't have to fill that app out. I don't have to worry about it now coming home and having to get uh, vaccinated in a foreign country. I'm not right. sorry, to get uh, tested, I should say. And in retrospect, was it really that horrible? Again, attitude is everything. It's, yeah, it was a bit of a bother. But at the same time, if you looked at the big picture and it's like, you know, if I was a politician or if I was one of the people having to make these decisions, of course, I'm going to err on the side of caution. We've said this how many times? And just, you know, that the evildoers that are still out there, you know trying to spread the word about the vaccine and the covid measures we took and how needless they were just just not fair and again here i sit september whatever it is 26 uh 2022 uh, almost three years into the the pandemic which apparently is over now um i still don't know anyone that got sick from the vaccine yeah and um I think it was three times removed. Maybe I heard of one older person, an old high school buddy's dad who died of COVID. So these evildoers are these people that are spreading all the misinformation about the vaccine and the and COVID are, you know, what's your point yeah. at this point? And, and by the way, I didn't mean to say that it was uh, so complicated that you couldn't do it, but it was definitely it was definitely made international. It made travel <laughs> much more difficult. And but necessary. And, and um, you know, I'm glad I did it because it did make you feel safe. But I'm glad it's over because and I remember mm-hmm. having this conversation. Might have even been with you. And I said, you know, I kind of was makes you nostalgic for the days where you just had to show up with your passport. Right. And, you know, it's over as we knew it. I mean, 
you know, as Biden said, not everybody wants to crush Biden for what he said. He said the pandemic's over. He said COVID's still here, but the pandemic is over. I know, you know, everybody knows exactly what he meant. Well, not everybody. Uh, those, no, not, those idiots don't seem to. No, but they, they choose not. To. No, I know. You know, they, that's a choice of theirs. Deep down, they know what he means because it's just basic. The pandemic is over with the stringent measures and. You know, we're on the other side now. We know so much more about it where COVID is there and we have to be aware of it. But the pandemic as we knew it is over. Just on the flip side, though, I would want to, you know, when it comes to this, September 30th is when the restrictions will be eased. This is really bad timing for the Blue Jays, though. Really bad timing. Explain yourself. Well, the playoffs are going to start the next week. And there's still players on teams that the Jays could play in the playoffs here in Toronto that are unvaxxed. And it was going to be an advantage for the Blue Jays. Oh, no. If these restrictions were still in place. Say Tampa Bay was to come here and play. A couple of players don't have the vaccine, don't want to get it. Seattle, same thing. Vaccines. They're not 100% vaccinated, those Mm. clubs. So it's sort of bad timing for the Blue Jays, but generally, I mean, we can't worry about baseball, can we? Mm. But it's something to think about. It is. You know, if maybe the feds had thought, well, you know, let's keep the Blue Jays in mind. Let's let's set October 15th. As the- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, let the, let's let the team get into the playoffs. Uh, right. You know, I don't know if people wonder, because we, we often refer to the pre-show chats you and I have, or you and I and Dan have, but... What we don't usually do is tell one another what we're going to bring up. Like, I mean, I could guess you were going to talk about that or maybe Fiona we were going to talk about. But I didn't know you were going to bring up the Blue Jays. And I have a great baseball story for you. Really? It's going to be nothing new to you, but it was sort of interesting. There's a documentary on Netflix about Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I think most baseball fans, even a casual one like me, knows that he is like the strikeout leader of all time. He broke uh, Sandy Koufax's record of perfect games. But he's from a different era, and I don't know, maybe you know, a lot of baseball fans nowadays don't really think much about Nolan Ryan and his career, but it lasted a really, really long time, into his 40s. 27 years. Mm-hmm. But there's some interesting stuff about Nolan Ryan that I, I just wanted to share with you that I, I found fascinating because he was a fastball. You know, he threw some heat. And in those days, like he came into the league in the late 60s. In those days, they didn't have the same technology we do now in terms of uh, radar and all that stuff at a baseball game. And so he was clocked at around 100 miles an hour, 100.8. Mm-hmm. But they say... That would, in reality, if they'd had better measuring equipment, he'd have been throwing in the 108s. And uh, a couple, you'll, by the way, it's not the best documentary, but it's interesting. Superhuman, man. Really. And, and they talked to some guys that played with him, played against him. All guys you'd recognize. Guys from our era. Um, Winfield, all these guys. And the guy, one of the guys that caught him, one of the guys that was uh, his catcher said trust me this guy was throwing over 100 miles an hour i know the difference mm-hmm. he said there was times my i would have to my right. my hand would sting at the at the at the speed this guy threw but this is a part that i found most fascinating in 1969 
He's playing for the Miracle Mets. As we all know, the 69 Mets go to the playoffs. He wasn't even a starter, by the way. Mm. First couple of years of his career, because he was so wild. Mm-hmm. He, could, he, he had crazy speed, but he was inconsistent. So he was a reliever in a time before the platooning of pitchers. Relievers didn't pitch very much. In those days, it was basically, and, and Rudra and I were talking about this at the Jays game, pitchers went the distance. Oh. You know. Routinely. Routinely. That's, you, you were basically starting mm-hmm. to pitch the full game. And so a guy like Nolan Ryan didn't get a lot of reps and was very wild. But he does, he does make, he's on the team, and he, and he actually uh, made some, uh, was significant in the playoffs in the 69 Mets run. Here's what, this is the part I thought you'd love. Here's what he was making. In 1969, playing in the major leagues, playing for the World Series major league winning uh, New York Mets, what do you think he's being paid a year? What year? 1969. And he was a reliever. He was not a starting pitcher. 19000 $7,000. 7000 And the best part of it, this is the part that made me think of you, because this was like the Leafs of old. He he finishes the world, and there's video of them running on right. the field, the Miracle Mets. They're all on Ed Sullivan. They go on Ed Sullivan right. to do some bit, and then he goes home to some small town in Texas, and he has to get a job in the offseason. Yeah. yeah. The reason I said 19,000, 1977, the first years of the Blue Jays, Doug Alt, their third baseman, who hit two home runs the first game and had a pretty good year. He was making major league minimum for of nineteen thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. and, and and here's the cool thing, yeah. another cool Nolan Ryan fact. Yeah, he was the first professional athlete in any sport, hockey, baseball, basketball, the very first one to do this, to make a million dollars in a contract, to make a million dollars a year. Wow, and a million a year, a million okay. a year. Mm. And what year was that? Nineteen late seventies. Oh, okay. Wow. That might have been 19. So here's what happened. He leaves the Mets and he goes to the uh, California Angels. And he, he, he's like, because he wanted to go to the Dodgers. He knew he was getting traded. But what happened was there was a pitching coach. And for the first time in his life, he had a guy for three years working with him on his delivery. Mm-hmm. And it turned him into this machine that could find the plate and throw it 100 miles an hour. And that's how the that's where sort of the Nolan Ryan legend took off, because prior to that, he was just a guy that could throw it, but he couldn't do it consistently. And then he just started striking out everybody all the time is the all time strikeout leader. But you know what he never did? Never did once. Never won the Cy Young. No, not once. And it's funny because they ask a bunch of guys in the documentary, Clemens and a few other guys, how many Cy Youngs do you think Nolan has? Everyone's like three, four, five. Hmm. None. Never won the Cy Young. It just so happened in his big years, there was just somebody that had a one-off and yeah. was a little better maybe. Yeah. 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 But I, anyway, I, 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 it's funny because, you know, uh, that's a name I knew. Mm-hmm. And I just clicked on it last night. I was looking for someone to watch. I like a documentary about sports, mm-hmm. even if it's not my favorite sport. But this one I found, I didn't know. I was like, I'm probably, uh, I got about 20 minutes left and I started to fall asleep. But it was fascinating. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, you describe it uh, in such a way I want to watch it. 
There's so many things. Well, because all the references you'd get, but the baseball players. Also, it's fascinating, too, because we began the show talking about our aging process. But you see some of these guys, and I think it's like, uh, was it Pete Rose, uh, Gary Carter, I think, is in there, Winfield's in there, Roger Clemens is in there, a bunch of guys, you know, people of our era would recognize. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, fascinating to see what time does to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw, um, uh, what's his name, Pujols, the guy, hit his seventh on Honda. What's Pujols' first name? What's the matter with me right now? See, you want to talk about aging. Anyway. Is it Andre? I don't know. I have fucking no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> I know this name. It's ridiculous. Is well, it Bo Bichette? No, Pujol. He Pujol. hit his seventh, 700th you're... home run, and they show the crowd and who's sitting there but Dave Winfield. Nice. And he looks like an old man, a like old an man. old, old man. <laughs> yes, and then I'm does. thinking, it just seems like yesterday he had the big hit to win the World Series for the Blue Jays. Come on. Like, yeah. it's something. And it, like even, uh, yeah, Nolan Ryan's 75. Yeah. And he looks it. You yeah. know, the very first time he comes on screen, because probably for the first 10 minutes, you're just seeing him as a kid and, you know, getting signed and et cetera. And then you, you, he sits down to do this sort of documentary intro thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, he's an old man. Uh-huh. Albert Pujols. Albert. Uh, been with the same woman, his wife. Yeah. Very lovely. Since like grade seven. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Like you and Delise, you met in like yeah. kindergarten yeah. and such. Yeah. No. Yeah. We were kindergarten. <laughs> kindergarten sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, again, I, I, I you know, it's, it really is. I, I, there's a there's a series of documentaries about sport mm-hmm. um, that I'm going to recommend as well. It's called I'm not sure if it's on Canadian Netflix, but it's uh, the, for some reason, sports documentaries are among my favorites, but it's called um Untold, and it's a series of documentaries about different sporting uh, situations. Have you heard of it? Yes. Is it good? Uh, I, you know what? I can't remember. You know, I really haven't parked myself in front of the TV since last winter. I can't even remember whether I've seen one or not. Yeah. I think I have. But they're different. It's not just about different. Yes. It's not just about athletes, but about mm-hmm. different sports situations. Like when uh, I'm looking here, you know, it's, there's one called the Malice at the Palace, where the uh, that basketball game where Ron Artest marched into the crowd and they got into a fight in the crowd. You know, when people did like those 30 things, thirty style thing or whatever you call all those. But yeah, if you're uh, even a casual baseball fan like myself, you might be fascinated. A part of it, as I say, it's fascinating to see how time time doesn't spare anyone, my friend. No, that's for sure. Oh, maybe Queen Elizabeth, but. Yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, sometimes I pass a mirror now. I'm like, yeah, what's going on there? Who's that old man? You know, try not to think about it. Sometimes I'm getting ready to play and I'm like all thinking I'm like, you know, some golf guy. And then I put my hat on and I still have my reading glasses on because I'm trying to find something. And I look in the. I look and say, I catch my reflection in the window of my car, and I look just like my father, wearing a golf cap and the glasses, and it's yeah. it's scary, man. You know, Delise and I, 
ongoing look at rural properties, get our asses out of Brampton here eventually, downsize. And so often when I look at the properties, one of the first things I think of is how much work is this going to be? Because I'm 66 and I feel great now, but am I going to be on this property in four years from now and literally not be able to maintain it for whatever reason? And that sucks too. Because I'm I'm there now. It's not like I'm in my fifties thinking about oh what okay if I buy this now twenty years from now what it's what's it going to be like? My mindset now is four or five years from now. Yeah, I could be in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I'm I live in a place that's got five floors. And I won't go down to the basement without my phone in my pocket, just in case I can't get back up. <laughs> no, I, we should it's, really think about an elevator for that place. No, it's true. Like I don't. If I have, to, if I'm in my bedroom and I have to go down to the kitchen to get something, I take my phone because I'm like, well, I, what, what if I get stuck there and I can't call anyone, or I break my leg, or I have a heart attack? I think uh, Dan could Jimmy rig a uh, an elevator in there. Be fun. Yeah, I, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. No one, one where you pull yourself up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah. stay in shape. Um, yeah. I have one more sports story. Yes. Um, before we move on. No, but also I wanted to ask you about the Bills. So we'll two more sports okay. story. Well, this is sort of, this is football. Super Bowl uh, 23, I believe in Arizona. Halftime show. Rihanna yeah. has agreed to do the show, which is brilliant. But just in 2019, she refused to do the halftime show because of the Colin Kaepernick situation. And now here in 2023, she has accepted. I, did I miss something? Has something changed with Kaepernick? Like I, I don't know, man. Like where did that compromise come from? Because he's still getting screwed royally as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Isn't that, well, I told you that, isn't that? Ir- and I don't know. Irony is not the word, but isn't that interesting that, mm-hmm. you know, Brett Favre can build a, uh, you know, take welfare money to build a yeah. volleyball court, and somehow uh, that's okay with the you know red state America, whatever. But and that um, that story's growing. Apparently now some money was funneled towards a football facility too, so that's going to come out. Yeah, it'll be. I said that to my suite the other day. You know, we've heard this narrative lately about Trump. You know, there's there's not a law for the rich and the poor, and the law applies to everyone. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And even forget Trump. Even Brett Favre now will display how oh, yeah. it doesn't. He yeah. will find a way to weasel out of that because he's Brett Favre. I think it was Noel to say, you know, if you're in America and you have uh, you're a white person in America with money, you ain't going to jail. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Speaking of money. Fred, let's talk about this fellow who knows things. Or did you already do that? Yes, I did. Okay, then let's talk about our friends that do insurance. Yes, let's yeah, do man. that. The Chamber Plan, yep. all right? The Chamber's Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, they've been around for 40 years. 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. So it really is something. If you have a small business and you've thought about a benefits package, it is doable. You see all these small businesses get together. They have the profile of a large business. And now everything becomes affordable uh, for a small company. Very simple to sign up. It's stable, obviously. They've been around for 40 years. What more do you want? They've been around as long as my daughter's been alive. And it's a smart thing to do for your employees, okay? It's the Chamber Plan, chamberplan.ca. Actually, it's funny you brought up Mel again because I had uh, wanted to say this about the three of us who have been 
you know, we've all known each other a long time. And I, I, I guess Dan and I knew each other before we had kids. I met you. Uh, I was at Mel's seventh birthday party. Mel was seven. Danny was four. Right. And so not only are Maya uh, uniquely aware, we're all uniquely aware of our own aging, but seeing these kids grow up. You know, you were in the hospital the night that Charlie was born. Mm-hmm. I was actually, I think Colton was born at Women's College. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was there probably day one or two to come visit you and Jackie and see the baby. And Of course, yeah. You know, and I know you don't really think about Charlie and Spencer much, Dan, because you're, I'm just an acquaintance, but you've seen them grow up the odd time. <laughs> the odd time it occurs to you that I have kids. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I remember uh, yeah. when Charlie came home. Don't remember the date, but I remember uh, the action. Yeah, you uh, yeah. basically helped me bring the kid into the house and then left. Yeah. And I was like, well, now what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, man. <laughs> yeah. So when you first said today, I asked Freddie, you know, uh, so what did you do this weekend? And then he's like, I, well, Mel's birthday. And I, the first thing I thought was I was at her seventh birthday party and, yeah, sure and had- smoking cigarettes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm. Um, we probably had lasagna. Doll was big with the lasagna back in those days. Do you remember? Probably lasagna. Do I, what? Yeah. Do I remember what doll made? Yeah. yeah, it was lasagna. Fucking lasagna and salad. Yeah. Yeah. And her mushroom. All, all the special occasions, she'd make the lasagna and people would rave about it. I'm sure it was fantastic. That's a thing a that people work, do. A lot of work. Oh, yeah. And it seems like if you have lasagna, that's uh, acceptable to just have a side dish being a nice fresh salad. It seems to oh, be. Yeah, it's because you're getting your meat. You're getting your. You're getting a lot of that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. She doesn't make lasagna anymore. Is so lasagna done? Well, she does the odd time, but again, it's a lot of work. Eh? It's like everything else. The older you get, the less uh, appetite you have for all that work. So. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot we're going to leave on the table today. I got a great story about James Earl Jones uh, for you tomorrow, Dan. Oh, yes, I read that. Um, yeah. And uh, it'll tie into, uh, there was a question asked of me on Twitter. It's all going to tie in tomorrow. Uh, Dan Duran's news today is brought to you by GigSky. Um, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. How about that? Download the app today. Do it. Uh, enter the code uh, HF2022 for $5 off your first plan at gigsky.com. All the details are there. 100% data around the planet. And, of course, we've mentioned this several times. Do yourself a favor. Take advantage of the GigSky travel rewards with up to 50% cash back on over 850,000 hotels globally. All the information is there for you at gigsky.com. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <gasps> Danderan, the Anchorman comes to task for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Danderan, the Anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care. And his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Day, a best friend Dave is over here on the weekend. We were talking about the. He was laughing at the fact, Fred, that you and I couldn't come up with the Danderan anchor man lyrics right yeah because he's got a photographic memory and of course yes he does and in my kitchen he's like i can't believe you guys couldn't remember that and then he started we sang 
in my kitchen. He started, <laughs> and we sang it all the way through. And he knew all the lyrics. Uh, where we high at the time? I don't know. Why are you asking? But it was pretty funny. And so, just so you know, Dan, we were actually singing your theme. Oh, and about uh, it gave us joy. And now, speaking of joy, here he is, the man that brings it uh, each and every day. Live from uh, wherever the hell he is. I guess at Lisa's place. Yeah, I'm at Lisa's place. Oh, live from Lisa's place. Mm. Is that well? Rocks in space. Rocks in space. Tonight's the night you can watch a rocket smash into an asteroid live. And over a year ago, NASA launched the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, to see if an asteroid could be moved by ramming a spaceship into it. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's about cool. the size of a, of a school bus, and the asteroid is a bit bigger than one of the pyramids of Giza. Uh, and it's a double asteroid. There's a big asteroid, and there's a little little tinier asteroid right next to the bigger asteroid. That's sort of the moon of the asteroid. So mm. anyway, uh, so get your uh, space candies ready, like uh, Galaxy Rocks or Mars Bar, and uh, sit down in front of the NASA feed at 7:14 to watch the collision. It's going to be pretty cool too, because they also have a little satellite that's being ejected from the main ship uh, just before impact. To get a side view of the whole thing as it nice. bashes in. This isn't a naked eye thing. You got to watch it. Oh, you got to got to watch it on TV. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you haven't got a telescope. Yeah. And of course, Dan, I'm playing the theme from Armageddon, which is basically that was the plot of Armageddon, right. was it not? Yes. That Bruce Willis was going to go up with uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Steve Tyler's daughter or something. Yeah, and, uh, I was going to say that. We can see all this live, but it'll take a week or two to see if it actually worked. Uh, and then we can all sleep at night knowing that we have a solution that doesn't include Bruce Willis. Well, and, and what they're doing this for, for many reasons, part of this is just to see if it's possible in case they ever need to do to Bruce Willis the shit out of this thing. <laughs> in case it's ever an Armageddon-sized mm-hmm. asteroid. Right. And there's at least over, there's over 20 movies that have that as the plot line. You know, there's I can't, can't remember. Well, there's only so many stories that involve taking out an asteroid, Dan. Jesus. Well, yeah, I know, but in the history of the world, do, like, do we know? This might sound like a stupid question. Has an asteroid ever hit Earth? Not obviously not in any re- documented history. Um, no, no, it's a yes, no, it has. Yeah, but not, the, not it took out the dinosaurs. Okay, so that's how the dinosaurs. But I'm saying since then, so yeah. It's really not something to really worry about that much. Well, yeah, the last time it Unless happened. Unless we're due. <laughs> the last time, yeah, the last time it happened was uh, when the Leafs won the Stanley Cup back in the yeah. asteroid days. Back in the old <laughs> dinosaur days. No. no. That'll be your luck. Uh, just the Leafs will be about to clinch the oh, cup. Yeah. They're three, two, asteroid. See ya. Boom. Boom. Right, that's how the yeah. end. That's how it's all going to end. Yeah, it's pretty cool, Dan. I can't. I, I'm going to watch it. Oh, I, listen! If I remember, I'm. In fact, I'm going to put a little timer on my on your phone, uh, phone right now to yeah. remind me because I'd like to watch that as well. So would I. Dan, call me just before seven <laughs> fourteen. Well, Dan, you say the NASA feed. Do we all get that? Like, I don't know. Or uh, is this online? You can go there. Or what? Sure. Yeah, just is. go to NASA yeah. NASA dot org or whatever the NASA site is. Oh, NASA. Right Excellent. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I uh, somebody somebody corrected me the other day. Because I said nuclear. Oh, no, it was Dr. Charles. Oh, my buddy Charlie Fitz. It's nuclear, right? Nuclear. Yes. And, I, and I said it wrong. And I said, yeah, Fred always corrects me because I say NASA wrong. NASA. NASA. What do I say? NASA. You say NASA. NASA. Like That's what I say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, Dan, 
Do you have a second uh, story for everybody? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, then uh, here we go with his second story. And uh, we're going to wrap the show up here soon. I know you're like, oh, how can we not do two hours? I don't have to. There's no time limit to this show. We do what we, we want. Do what we want. Exactly. <laughs> Stuck uh, on it. Mm-hmm. What's that, sir? Sucking on it. Yep. Yeah, sucking on it. That's a solution. Sucking on it. Yeah. That's a yeah. solution. That added a few more seconds. <laughs> it's, a, it's like what? <laughs> podcast quota. Sucking yeah. on it. Did he sucking on it? Is it a real yeah. show and less? <laughs> <laughs> We're padding the show. Sucking on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the show's over, but we'll just yell sucking on it yeah. for another 30 so seconds. Get to to get, yeah. Let's pad to commercial break. <clears throat> uh, Dan Duran's second story. Oh, Dan the story. Durant. The yes. South Beach butt lift has become very popular. Now, buttless bodies like Howard's and Wait, mine wait, wait. Have- sorry to interrupt, Dan, but you did yes. this story last week. Oh, I did? Oh, I'm sorry. Then. Did you not remember this? No, I lost. Oh no, I absolutely I do because you started it that way by saying Howard and I, and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, maybe there's uh, a new know, update. That's what I thought. There's an update on this story. <laughs> well, that's, I thought we left it. I thought we left it in the air last week. Okay, no, no, well, you, no we, we, went we did because you broadcast it and it's in the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know what? Fuck it, do the whole thing again anyway. Just, no, no, it's, I'm just done. Do it. It's fine. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> no. It's old news. Oh no, it's not <laughs> old news to you. Magic. It's old news, but not to you, Roland. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Roland. Fuck, that's the best. We're gonna we're gonna finish the show, but first, here's Dan Duran, who doesn't remember doing this entire story. God, well, that's here's funny. the thing: all that that research I did. <laughs> that's right. It's fresh every day. <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> here, here's see with my sheet. What I do is I. As soon as the story's done, I exit. Same here. I cross those on. Because I could do yeah. that, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. old, too. We could bring back stories that we've already done. Yeah, but but you know, I don't think- print it. It's a continuous thing here. Yeah. And often we do. I have two stories ready, and then, you know. Yeah. But you know what I want you to do? You know, you did the COVID-19 vaccine requirement. That one we are, you did this morning. And then yeah. uh, the Queen's funeral thing. And uh, yeah, that's all kind of old news now. So, you know. But you know what will be funny? Is just do it every yeah. day this week. Yeah. <laughs> just bring it. Every day this week. Do you have a second story, Dan? Yeah, I got a thing yeah, about butt lifts. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. Um, we talked about Oktoberfest beer being too expensive, right? Yeah, we did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did it all. Um, you know, we okay, didn't well, do it. Uh, don't have a second story. That's left. fine. But you know what Fred does? I uh, have to uh, tell us all about uh, what's happening in the uh, world of sports. So uh, I forgot to watch the Bills again because I was watching the President's Cup yesterday when I got home. Uh, did they play and did they win? That's all I care. Uh, they played and they lost, but it was uh, bad clock management. Mm. And, uh, a game they should have won, Howard. It was over 100 degrees on the field, so a lot of the players suffered the effects of that. But still, a game that they should have won. Who are they playing? Uh, Miami. Oh, a good they should beat Miami. Yeah, Miami's a good club. To Come on. Well, oh, yeah. You know, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, the Monday Nighter tonight... Uh, the Giants, it's almost a toss-up. Giants, uh, a one-point favorite. The over-under on that is 48 points. And, of course, uh, when it comes to Dallas, I always want the other team to win. <laughs> go, Giants, go. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, very good. And, Dan, anything uh, in the world of butt lift technology that you'd like to <laughs> possibly share. share with the with the crowd? 
<laughs> no, I think yeah, we had the right. whole conversation about where the butt juice come from, and uh, they take it from some part of your body and they put it in right. a syringe yeah, and yeah, they juice it back into your butts. Yeah. And everything. Um, speaking of big dicks, um, <laughs> <laughs> what? How are we? All right, go ahead. Doesn't even. No, matter. I was. I listened. I, I real time with Bill Maher. I was listening to the podcast, and he spent a lot of time on the Oakville teacher as well. And he made that point. I thought a bit of Dan because whenever it comes to the subject, he said, "What if it had been a female transitioning to a male, and she wore a big, big cock down her leg, protruding from yeah. stretchy pants? Yeah. How long would they put up with that? Well, on the surface, you would think." Uh, not long, but now, uh, in, in now times, you never know, man. Mm-hmm. Now times. I love it. <laughs> and now you're be getting all the students. Okay, let's yeah. make, get get your lathe out and let's all make big hammers, okay? <laughs> That's right. Today I'm going to show you how to make a giant wooden dildo. All right. Like the one down my leg. Can everyone see it? I modeled it, I modeled it on broadcaster and anchorman Dan yeah. Daru. Did you guys ever take shop? Yeah, uh, I, did. I did, yeah. I took shop did you uh, in- for did you. you. Did you do the injection molding? No. Oh, we had that. I... I took my granddaughter swimming the other day, and it was behind the pools at a high school, and all the shops were there. And I thought, you know, missed opportunity when I was a kid because just think if just auto shop, if you go in there with the attitude, this isn't a class, this isn't school, this is, I could learn something that I could use for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. like typing. Yeah. And uh, again, another one of those missed opportunities where, hey, I get a credit for this and I learn how to fix a car, which I'm usually I'm eventually going to have and whatever. But, yeah, there was a lot of those things. I wish I had paid more attention that I should have taken and I didn't. Well, that's what I was going to say. I wish I had paid more attention (laughs) Um, because I could it would have been useful for me the way that typing the one semester I took typing has been the most useful thing I ever learned in high school because I use it every day. But uh, there's a lot of things like that in the practical world that high school and education doesn't address. Yes. Balancing a checkbook. I don't know if people do that. But, you know, financial, um, you know, things of that nature, how taxes work, how how the world of commerce works. A little bit more practical as opposed to a lot of learning, which is done by rote. And you just learn it so that you can pass the course, but you don't actually absorb the information. Yeah, I agree. Balancing a checkbook isn't that difficult. You just get your middle finger and you just make sure you got it right in the middle. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. You're hilarious. Why don't you, hey, why don't you balance this middle finger <laughs> on your checkbook? So oh, that's, uh, that's the dad uh, joke. <laughs> I loved it. Though. it. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> I should have told Just that guy who drove by. I should have told that told that guy who drove by me. I'm balancing my checkbook, you fucker. <laughs> um, does anyone of you want to yell suck it all night long so we can No, 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 that's uh Have we done no, enough? No. We got a good 20 seconds of that. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much everybody and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I would This uh, episode of Humble and Oh, sorry. I'm just going to say tomorrow on the program uh, Karen Zelfman will be with us. Uh, she's written that book about uh, relationship uh, calamity, and uh, we look forward to that. Dan Duran, everybody. 
This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening to us, help us out by liking, subscribing, and give us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and tune in tomorrow for the Dan Duran news coverage of the South Beach Butler. <laughs> As Howard said, says, enjoy every Gord damn day. Yes, oh, that's right. Gord bless everyone. And don't forget to pray to baby Jimmy. That was a good drum break. Pick yourself up off the side of the road.